Hi, I'm Ray from Insert Quest here. My pronouns are they, them. And this is the first in a trio of interviews about the Our Shores Kickstarter. Today, we're talking to Sam, a game maker from Malaysia who self-describes as making games about trauma, intimacy, Christianity, the Southeast Asian experience, and ultraviolence. Welcome to the show, Sam. Do you mind introducing yourself a little bit further for our audience? Hi, yes. Hi, hi, hi. My name is Sam. Uh, pronouns he, any. Uh, and yeah, um, how, how should I go about this? Uh, I've been thinking about changing that down, you know, switching out the words, maybe making it a bit smaller and just saying like, hey, maybe um, I'm this Sam who makes games about, about violence because all those things are about violence. <laughs> In a way. Mm, yeah. That's true. That's certainly mm-hmm. my that's... personal experiences with Christianity as a person that grew up yeah. in a Catholic yeah. family. Um, yeah. But that's yeah. maybe a different conversation. Um, I wanted to ask you to tell us, obviously, we're going to be talking to um, a bunch of people uh, that are working on the Ashores Kickstarter this month, but I want, and next month, I guess, uh, but I wanted to ask you. What is the Ashores Kickstarter and what is your role in it? All right, all right. So usually uh, Southeast Asian game designers would not uh, would not be able to have access to a lot of crowdfunding options, you know. Uh, in a way, it's sort of like, I'm not saying it's preventing us from going into the mainstream. It's just uh, an obstacle, you know, because it's very easy for anyone to just have, have a Kickstarter if you're, let's say, in the US or mm. in Hong Kong, for, the, for, for example. But if you're in Southeast Asia, we don't have that option. So I think this is the first time any of us have not been a stretch goal because we've always been stuck to stretch goals for the last two years. This is the first time we've actually had, um, actually had like our own personal uh, full games, like big games, like 60, 80 plus pages. I think some of them are going to be 120 pages um, long. Uh, yeah, this is the first time we actually got in proper funding. And uh, for us, for me specifically, this uh, my role in the Kickstarter is that I am designing and managing the production of Capital Lights, uh, the urban Asian role-playing game. If that, I mean, just, just to put it simply, yeah. So I'm one of the three. Yeah, and so Capitalites is one of three games featured in the Our Shores uh, Kickstarter. And you've all, those the people behind those three games, you've banded, banded rather, together to um, try and, I guess, pool your resources and gain access to uh, that crowdfunding, as you said. Because mm. my understanding is that like Kickstarter only supports a certain amount of countries. Yeah. I guess that's for like weird legal or yeah. taxation reasons or something. And then I imagine, yeah. I think I also recall reading that a bunch of the systems that Kickstarter uses for paying out are also not accessible. Is that correct? Yes. I don't, I don't know the details uh, specifically, but um, it probably has something to do with tax information because um uh because like even itchio mm-hmm. itchio itself right between because us space i think yeah goes to malaysia we don't malaysia and the us do not have a proper trade agreement on this or something like that so we automatically get 30 percent cut uh in addition to the existing itchio cut 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember yeah. being really confused about that, even as an Australian. And obviously, Australia does have trade agreements with uh, formal trade mm -hmm. agreements with the US because we like to suck up to the US politically. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, uh, even with that, I was still really confused about what forms I had to fill out and what information I needed to give um mm. to give uh itch and so in a roundabout way what we're talking about there uh is that there are lots of complications for uh rpg creators outside of a, of yeah. america and then that's compounded when you're i not from a predominantly white country as well um because Oops. different like uh, cultural connections and things like that like obviously oh. australia and america have a lot of ties mm. to one another as yeah. white supremacist yeah. nation mm. well singapore is on the list as well singapore can use kicks at the i don't ah. think singapore gets taxed but you know singaporeans are just uh they, they're basically white white people already <laughs> that's a little southeast asian uh ironic joke <laughs> enough um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you more about your game in, as uh, in the Outshores Kickstarter, Capitalites. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about what that is and what that's about? Um, and we'll go from there. Hmm. I always, uh, you know, when people pitch RPGs, they like to use shows as a point of reference. So my shows I do use as a point of reference would be uh, Bojack Horseman, You're the Worst, Master of None, um, similar dark comedy sitcom shows uh, like made after 2010. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Uh, I'm familiar with some of those, um, mm -hmm. but also I don't watch a lot of TV. So, no, I, I, you know, I was probably going to be uh, uh, on the back foot on that anyway. Um, what is the core, like, loop, I guess, of yeah. lights? What are, we, what are we doing as players? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I think going back to these shows, like, mm. uh, as using using these as an example, before before like the act, before like like let's say the nineties and the early two thousands, we had a lot of sitcoms which were like a lot of TV shows which were like very fun, very like very humor focused, and if there were sad or emotional moments, those were there to make to sympathize with the characters, um, mainly because like. Like, even though, like, you watch Friends, I mean, everybody knows Friends, right? Mm -hmm. In Friends, like, the characters are always saying and doing, like, terrible things, and we're just supposed to laugh and go along with them. That's a lot like what I feel, um, that's for what I feel like being an urban, urban Asian in your 20s, or even just an urban Asian young adult in your 20s, it's like, you're, you're, you're there to, to have that, uh, the way you want to present yourself to the world is this, very fun, very attractive, very appealing. Uh, you have that very appealing lifestyle. Whereas beneath that, beneath what you post on social media, beneath everything you want to tell your friends that you are, beneath all that is actually quite not not to say dark. It can get dark, but it's quite it's more it's more complicated. Like like you can be hot, right? But and you can resent someone for being hot, or you can like fetishize someone for being hot. Uh, but but like. And and the truth is like if if you're a hot person in in these societies in any society, the fact that people put you up on the pedestal, it's gonna it 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 gives you it implies like it gives you more issues than it's worth, and you may not even feel that you're hot to begin with. And so what capitalizes is it 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 takes the approach of these newer newer 
newer, darker, uh, more brutally honest sitcoms and uh, of recent time, and just peels back the layer of these of these uh, su- superficial elements and sort of looks at the heart of it. Like the heart may be dark, the heart may be black, but at least you know you're looking at the heart. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. I mean, it sounds a very uh, exciting uh, to me personally as. Um, a person who, I mean, this feels like it's capturing more of like an early twenties vibe, right? But I'm more thinking about my uh, time in high school, and then I guess projecting that forward. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm interested in it mostly because of the a- anything that intersects with kind of, um, for lack of a better word, like slice of life stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm here for, and the, I, th- I just find that interesting. Um, anything that's sort of like how we live our lives and things like monster hearts, obviously. And, yeah. uh, turn for example, is another game that sort of is about weird circumstances of living your life in strange settings. Um, whereas this oh, is a turn. more, sorry. Could, could you recommend me, uh, the link? Uh, later, uh, oh, for turn. Oh, yeah, turn is um, turn is by Bo Sheldon, um, and is a uh, about being shapeshifters in a small rural setting, like a small town. Um, Hmm. I think it's normally rural America, but I think you can do anything uh, with it, or or it is there are there are tools for playing it in other Uh, rules. All right, all right, nice, yeah. nice. I'll check it out. Uh, yeah. Um, what I guess um, made you, or what were some of your personal drives to make Capitalites? Um, and what were the, some of the things that I guess pushed you over to the edge into, yes, I am making this game and I am bringing it to Kickstarter? Violence. <laughs> Okay, no joke, no, no joke, no. All right, at first, this was going to be uh, a rip off the whole Crazy Rich Asians uh, phase. Like, everybody was going through. So, like, we had Singapore Social for Netflix was trying to, like, latch onto that by doing it poorly. A lot of, like, people started doing it, like, started doing it poorly. And I, this is just, not only is this my reaction to that, but this is, like, this is me trying to be like, okay, this is the, the what you're trying to show us is not who we are, because who we are is actually quite more, way more fucked up. Um, <laughs> so, like, oh my goodness, like, like, how do I put this? Um, there's a lot of abuse that goes on in young adult communities, and like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm also, I'm talking about like the everyday things, like the the little acts of dominance we do to one another, the the ways we put down one another. Or we put down ourselves and the way we push ourselves into stereotypes like a lot of like young adults we are like oh don't give me a label don't give me don't don't push me in a box but um, but a lot of times you end up pushing yourself into a box you know like you have, like i think i think one one of the there, there is a character somewhere in there no they said okay there is, some, there is someone in real life i know who is like who, who guys keep going after her uh and she wants to be seen as something more than that you know, I mean, she, but she wants to be seen as someone who is smart, intelligent, and capable. But guys keep going after her just, just for, just for sex. You know, because that's what that's what young men do, and like it gives her a lot of trouble. But at the same time, she's also been used to not necessarily, not necessarily putting up, but but entertaining these things. She's used to like, like at the same time, she doesn't like the fact that she only see her as hot. 
but she also likes the fact that people do see her as hot. Mm. So that, that that provides a duality um, for the hot chair itself, specifically in the as a playbook. Um, yeah. So you mentioned there, obviously, at least partial inspiration for the one of the playbooks, the hot chick. What other uh, playbooks are there? Um, what are the other kinds of uh, young twenty-something-year-old uh, we can be? There are fourteen for ba- for for the base game. Oh wow! Um, fourteen, yeah. Uh, they just keep coming out. Uh, this, I mean, this might. Well, then, spicy. how about some? How about some highlights then? I'm, I'm definitely going to give you some highlights. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think about how spicy you can get. Uh, because like these are based on real people. Mm-hmm. Like I brought the game because I I I, I interacted with these people in real life and I sort of like got to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that you know, and and that was a whole cycle of you know us hurting each other, me hurting them, them hurting me. Um, and like everybody's just trying to figure out who they are, which is a very violent process. Uh, even for like for those of us who are queer, like mm. especially nowadays in like. Especially uh, my communities where being queer or being woke is very trendy, you know, oh, hashtag BLM yeah. and all that. It puts you in a very, in a very, it puts like you in a very weird situation because when you're queer, everybody loves you, <laughs> but at the same time, like, you're not part of them. But everybody's like, oh, you're you're so you're you're so you're so um so such and such. You're you're so gay or whatever. It's like hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess like that's that's it's a it's a superficial uh, love. You're like mm. a prop almost. Mm. <laughs> so that's like I'm trying to write the queer playbook right now because you're like you're someone who is queer. I mean, you're not you're not the only character that can be queer. Just like you are in a group of friends, you are the queer person mm. that puts you in a very situation weird situation where you are validated for your identity but at the same time like that identity which you may or not be pushed being be pushed into you may not be you know what i mean mm. um it's a very yeah, like people have their idea of what you should be into uh, i a common one here in australia that i get for being um bisexual and trans is that uh people expect me to be into drag but I'm not. And then more yeah, frustrating yeah, yeah, than yeah. that is people expect me to be into uh, RuPaul's Drag Race when yeah, I yes. am vehemently anti-RuPaul. <laughs> like, RuPaul is a horrible person uh, that uh, I could rant about this. But, like, there's this assumption that, oh, that's a yeah. thing you like. And I'm like, nah, yeah. I don't, yeah. though. No, that, that's actually a good a good uh, touchstone for, for the game because um, <laughs> how I pitch it... <laughs> How I pitched it to my friends was like, oh, you know that RuPaul, that RuPaul gay type of gay? And they're like, oh, okay. Oh, that that's, okay, that's the gay book. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, there's also the, uh, there's also the sensitive man. He's the mm. man who's not like other men. Uh, he's not, <laughs> he's uh, the sensitive I man. I recall uh, uh, some, uh, I recall hearing about this a while ago some of the inspiration uh, for this one. Can you tell us more about The Sensitive Man? Because I think it's a... a I, mean, I think it's a very interesting playbook. I think I think for us in uh, 
sort of like no, I'm not no, I'm not saying we're woke specifically, but you know the the, the us in like woke circles, leftist circles, there's always gonna be someone who is like, hey, the women look kind of free. <laughs> the women, you know, a straight man's gonna look in and go like, the women look kind of free. Everybody looks kind of like you know uh, a certain type. So like they're gonna go, they're gonna get interested in poetry. Uh, sensitive things like poetry, theatre, tabletop game design, even and sort of like <laughs> enter these communities or start these kind of like um, use their sensitivity to sort of like uh, the word isn't prey necessarily, but like to sort of like superficially use it to get mm. clout and superficially superficially use it to get people sleep with them, which is like it's a very ugly playbook. It's very like cringe worthy, but it's it's true enough that everybody who's seen the playbook was like, ah, oh shit. Um, this brings like no. Yeah, it, ah. it reminds me of a community stereotype here in Australia. And I guess this also extends to other places as well, I'm sure. But of the um the the stereotypical uh male feminist who doesn't do his own dishes. Yeah. Right. So like he 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 claims to understand uh the uh importance of uh the labor that uh women and stuff do and are expected to do in society for free and all these things, but he doesn't clean up after himself, he doesn't take care of himself, and he kind of still is expecting other people to do those things yeah. uh, for him. He has a superficial understanding of um the things he claims to be uh that claims to be a uh, core part of his identity um i mean even relating it to a more local uh event would be mm. the the leftist uh man who decries um abuse and sexual assault and all these sorts of things but is still friends with like known abusers and stuff in the community oh, yeah. and it's like yeah. why 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 are you <laughs> Why are you still friends with this person that has hurt all these other people oh, wow. around you? And, oh, wow. um, yeah. and obviously, you know, people have their own reasons for those sorts of things. But in this instance, it's, yeah. 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 We're specifically Ooh, yeah. talking about the negative aspects of those relationships. The sensitive man is also someone who seduces people through, through sadness and mental health issues. Like, oh, I'm so broken, you can't fix people. People feel like they want to fix you. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, the use of the use of that sort of thing to yeah. manipulate people is yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean but like there's a rich vein of character drama to be mined from that uh from that, I feel. Yeah. And I love that you've got a playbook that taps into that. I mean like the issue like, the thing is that like, I'm not trying to like I'm not trying. I hopefully, when the, by the time the game comes out, there'll be a lot of like support tools and a lot of like uh, play tools, which with which you can actually take someone who may have been terrible, you know, someone who's terrible in real life, and just sort of like not sympathize with them, maybe not even empathize with them, but sort of like gain an understanding of how they came to be, how they are, and um, and uh, how anyone in that position can change. Uh, Simply because, like, like that. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. Capitalize. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. Cause, like, I think part of my growth process came from like looking at these sort of people, looking at myself, and wondering, like, 
okay, this is what it is. This is this is the this is the fucked up part. But like, how can we move forward? How can we, I guess, protect ourselves or prevent like these things from happening or like I at least identify these things as they're happening to us? Because like, I think I think another great another example I'll use is that um uh you, do you know do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or do you know what it is? I I have seen a few episodes and I'm familiar with the yeah. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. On the surface level, like you may, some people may be quick to condemn the show because it's very like abrasive. It's very like it's very ironic and very dark. You know, to the point where you, you can't tell whether it's perpetuating toxic discourse or like satirizing it. But I think it, it satirizes it pretty well to the point where I think one of my friends uh, watched the show and 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 sort of like identified toxic behaviors of the characters in the show and sort of and realized that. There, there were people in her life who who were being that kind of toxic. You know what I mean? The, the show doesn't want you to empathize with the characters at all. You know, this in that specific context. So her watching the show was like sort of like an eye opener, simply because like um, she was like, "Wait, this is like someone I know. Oh my goodness, am I in a toxic situation?" That sort of thing. So um, maybe I'm also hoping Capitalites will also function in that extent. Sort of like if you're in a situation where you feel like. <laughs> you're in a relationship where you're in, we are with the person because you want to fix them. How do you identify that for yourself? How do you identify that toxic trait for yourself? Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. a really interesting goal for a role-playing game to have is to try and give you an insight into like, are, are you surrounded by these horrible people? And maybe even asking yourself, are you a horrible yeah. person? And yeah. maybe you can fix that, unlike these characters or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's Oof. interesting to sort of make to put that in as like an intention into your design of like I want to try and open people's eyes to this thing. Um, yeah, I think that's cool. Mm. I, I got I got one more playbook. I'd like to point out. Uh, yeah, the I'd hypocrite. Oh, nice, sick. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm pretty. I, I, I know. I know. In Australia, Christianity is a huge thing, right? Yes, definitely the dominant religion of mm-hmm. this continent. It's also, I mean, I don't mind we segue this just for just a little bit, but like, hmm. oh my goodness, like Australian Christianity hits different from other types of Christianity. It's very. It's somehow like you. <laughs> It's like it is. It, uh, it's it's very. It's not even corporate, right? But it's very. They have created cultures and communities for themselves, and and that that sort of like fit the social structures of uh like urban societies nowadays. Um, like they've even you know like Kingdom City. Kingdom City has spread to Malaysia. Kingdom City is now a huge in Malaysia. Um, and it's that culture which I'm trying, which 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 disturbs me. You know, um, and the hypocrite is sort of like based off that. Although you can play characters of other religions, the hypocrite is basically someone who is very active in the religious community. Someone who is <laughs> defines themselves based on their their involvement with her, with the church or, or or an organization. And but you, but you know, deep down, like behind doors, with their with their old friends, they're someone completely different. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that always frustrates me about, I mean, this is Christianity in many places, but in particular in Australia and America is the uh, complete 
divorceness from the teachings of the Bible and the life of Jesus and just sort of making up whatever the hell you want like jesus to be about and 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 not even and really the idea the constructed identity of a christian has very little to do with like it doesn't look anything like jesus at all in australia even like catholics and i mean primarily my interaction with these people are through white communities um Mm. obviously but um yeah very often i'm like which part of the bible or any of the stories about christ did he say steal from the poor and line your pockets to make yourself more wealthy i don't remember that part oh man (laughs) uh uh, mm, uh yeah, I, I even heard it's to the point where they're, they're starting to control who their members date. <laughs> so if you want to date someone, you have to go to a leader. <laughs> like, oh my god! Uh, and and see what else, what else do we have? Uh, yeah, nowadays they don't quote like the they don't teach you the quote from the Bible. They teach you to quote the pastor himself. Oh. Um, it's like mm. yeah, all right, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Like I I don't want to I don't want to be judgy of the people who go there. Because mm. like people go go to religion for different things, mm. um, but even then, like I I do want to like rip apart at the institution a lot simply because simply because like you have shit like this. Like when you start controlling who people did and trying to start matchmaking within a place, that's like you're on your way to a cult. Except like some of these churches, they don't look like cults; they just look like corporations, which is mm. worse. <laughs> yeah, like oh. uh, like env- evangelical stuff and things like that. Yeah. 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 A big thing here in Australia is um, the, the, uh, God, what is it called? Hillsong Church, which, um, is a Pentecostal evangelical Mm. uh, thing. Um, and, uh, that is, uh, very, uh, weird and like very, very cultish. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing, though. These things, I feel like this modern thing started started in Australia itself. It's, and, and I, I don't, I don't understand how, but it just did over time, very slowly. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, oh, it's like a virus. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. see, last I heard, right, some of these places are stealing members from other churches. And I'm thinking like, wait, why, why are you stealing members? You should be getting people who are not <laughs> church members at all. You know, like stealing church members is just like, yeah, weird. Uh, That's very strange. It's strange, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's an element to this of, like, it is difficult for me to comprehend, obviously, as an outsider, but also, th- some. yeah, it's hard to tell when something is strange to you and you don't, for me at least, something that I often mm. struggle with is, this is something that is strange to me. Do I not like it because it's weird or do i not like it because it's actually bad like yeah um yeah. is it bad because i don't understand it or is it like actually yeah. morally repugnant like i really yeah. do struggle with um mm. arranged marriages and and things like that but like for mm. some people that's like that that's yeah. a thing they want like yeah. truly and i'm like okay yeah. cool yeah. I, yeah i know someone i know someone one of my friends is like like very progressive very modern but he's like, I would, pre- I would just prefer arrangement. Mm. Yeah, and, and I, 
you know, some people just, it's, like, it's easy for us to criticize these structures, but sometimes like people willingly, um, it's sometimes it's good for them. Yeah, um, I suppose if you have that trust and genuine faith in your um your family to uh, mm. uh like actually have your best interests heart and like consider mm. your feelings in uh, an arranged marriage, then that mm. I can see why that would be positive. Whereas like mm. the the like I guess the cultural idea of an arranged marriage. Mm from my perspective at least like the cultural idea yeah. is like this like forced thing that you don't have any control yeah. over yeah. um and that is I mean, uh, I mean, and those two versions can obviously coexist uh like both of those things can be be true mm. like i'm sure some are mm. horrible mm. and forced and others are not yeah yeah with um Crazy. i I uh, wanted to ask you a few more questions about the Alshaws Kickstarter. Uh, in particular, I'm interested to know in, obviously, everyone working on this. Well, actually, I don't know if that is obvious. So, my understanding is that everybody, or the majority of people working on the uh, Alshaws Kickstarter are people from the Southeast Asian RPG making community. True? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I guess my question then is how did, how did the, how did you all come together, particular, the people that are kind of, I guess we'll call them the leads on this. So that would be um, the, hang on, I can actually look at the Kickstarter and read these names out. Uh, so that would be yourself, obviously, uh, Sin and Pamu and Joaquin, and I guess um, Mazel uh, as well. Uh, how did you all come together and how did you all decide, oh, hey, we should do this thing together? I think Pam has way, Pam definitely has way more to say about this, but the, 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 the shot of it is we've all been together in the same community. We've, I have play tested Joaquin's games before. Um, like we all and everybody you know in you see underneath the our shows beyond which is a it is a digital zine of uh seven other game designers mm. uh like like we really know each other because southeast asians you know um and we saw and we a lot of us have have done have really done uh panels together we've done some of us have done projects together some of us even know each other in real life like i know uh yeah, I I I definitely know the people in Malaysia from real in real life. Uh, so like it wasn't that 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 difficult, you know. We just we this opportunity came up, you know. Pamu asked everybody who was doing a, a, a larger scale game, and then after that we were like, okay, uh, we're doing larger scale games. Let's do let's have a zine where where we get players with who who, who are mostly making smaller games to come in, and we got we got seven people. So yeah, I mean that, that wasn't that wasn't that uh wasn't that, wasn't that spicy. <laughs> no, it's still it is uh it's interesting to understand a bit more uh, mm. about it, I suppose. Mm. Um I was wondering how much are you all collaborating with each other on the different projects? Um mm. so are the other projects compartmentalized or are you working together on uh, each other's projects um or is this just you know we've bundled these together to get them funded and made um 
but we're not really working on them. How much interconnectedness is there? I'd say we're mostly just separate. Yeah, we're, we're completely separate. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything regarding the Kickstarter, um, apart from the management and everything, like even to the point of finances and all, uh, we're not really getting involved with one another. Um, you know, I, I, there hasn't been a need to. Yeah, uh, fair. I just yeah. was interested in how uh, interconnected they mm. were or if they were mm. compartmentalized. And I think both is interesting. Um, mm. I mm. assume, yeah. 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 So, yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know, have we, are we going to, could it be possible that the next hour shows may be a collaboration between other, like, uh, uh, like a collaboration between other um, designers, maybe? But I, th- I think, I think, like, for most of us, I think speaking for myself personally, um, working when you're when you're doing a passion project working with other people is hard because mm. um, like you know some people may not have the same vision as you or uh, may want like to do things differently it's even so for some people it's even hard to like to like go through the process with, process with someone else like uh, mainly because I think for me personally when I design I'm in this uh, isolated headspace uh, where I see everything in my head and it's maybe a bit difficult to explain it to people uh, or what uh, for uh, various reasons. So uh, that's and like, so for me, I think I think like without a clear structure, collaboration is hard. Just because I'm used to doing things uh, in this particular way. Um, but yeah, no, I think that that's an interesting yeah. insight into your mm. um, process. Um, there's a question that we normally ask at the beginning, but I didn't uh, didn't really f- slot it in that way. And I was actually interested mm-hmm. in knowing, as I always am, what was your first inroads into making a game? When did you first go, "Hey, I can I could make a role playing game"? And why did you do that? And what was that like? Let me let, uh, let me Google something real quick. Do are you familiar with irregular web comics? It's uh, I'm not actually. It doesn't comic. doesn't ring right. a bell. Okay, it's a it's a very old Lego comic. Uh, oh, a brick a brick comic. Yeah, you know where they where they take where they post Lego figures and they put. Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. I know uh, the yeah, kind yeah. of thing you're talking about. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, as a kid, I think I was like so. Uh, it finished in 2000 and it finished that in 2011. So around 2011. Uh, what 2010, 2011? I, I uh, because part of the series was the author taking his space and fantasy uh, RPG mini uh, figurines, which he painted, and sort of like making comics with them. So I was like, what is this? Uh, this is, what what is this? So and part a lot of the and the web comic itself had a lot of RPG elements, uh, specifically specifically from GURPS. So I was introduced to GURPS in like what eleven years ago. Yeah. yeah. 11 years ago, uh, but I couldn't find friends to play it with. So, but uh, but just for fun, I started reading up more of these things. Um, uh, and then, uh, let's see. And I I think around 2013, I got like a bunch of dice, like B20s and stuff like that, uh, and, ma- and made my own, like a very basic system way back. How old was I? Uh, eight years ago. So I was 14. Yeah, 14. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, wow. 14. Black. 17, 17, 17. Eh, I think I don't remember. It's all, it's all blur. A teenager, um, but, yeah, teenager. That those years. Uh, then I went to the D and D community in Malaysia. Uh, 
I then I I, uh, I I saw I and I saw like unofficially left because I got dunked on for asking about PBT eight. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't, they didn't then, like that you were asking about that. No, because like there's no no other place to talk about it. And it's like, hey, does anybody has anybody run Dungeon World before or something like? Oh, you only need D and D. You don't need any other system. Oh man. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you left that community. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, yeah. Mm, let's see. Um, so, yeah, I think around 2018, uh, 2018, I started. Before this, I was homebrewing stuff a lot already. Yeah. Because sometimes you take a PPTA game or like a fate game and just go like, okay, this not this is not working out for me specifically. Let's just um, house roll it, house roll it. Uh, so, I mean, if you think like, are people draw a line between game design and house bro- home brewing? I don't. There's no difference, or it's, it's you're just what's the difference? It's it's just pack, a matter of packaging, right? Indeed. Um. So yeah. So I I, I started turning some of these tools into games and putting them on on itch. Uh. Did, no wait. This was before itch. Um. 2018. I just went to conventions and started running these games. Uh. Yeah. And people. The first one was a funeral game. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh. Based off. Based. Yeah. Based off a death in the family. Uh. That one was was one where you went through your memories with that person after they had died, just to sort of like piece together the full life of a person. Uh. By using the fantasy context. Um. So you, so you're piecing together the history of a deceased hero who died saving the world. That kind of thing. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's still quite popular in age. Uh. Then later on, two thousand. I think early two thousand nineteen. Was it 2019 or late 2018? It just became super popular. Um, it became super popular, and I and I, I was there. Uh, yeah, I was way back when during the set Mecha Jam. Okay, that's not too far too far ago, but no, that's uh, like what far. the beginning of 2019. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's that's so, yeah. the the second game I ever published was in that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. See, we all didn't know each other back then. Then suddenly, within that span of two years, suddenly people just some some of us just skyrocket. Some of us uh, started going like re- really wild projects. It's within yeah. two years. Yeah, yeah. It's really uh, that that game jam really brought a lot of people. I mean, it it uh, yeah, it catapulted so many people up. Um, yeah. It it was a uh, wild jam. It was just, uh, such a wild, like confluence of stuff where like so many people were working on different little mech related projects, um, and it was just like, oh, let's do this thing. Um, for a minute, I almost rushed to finish my PBTA mech game to try and get it into it, and then I was like, no, I'm going to design an entirely new game instead. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting what you said earlier about the, the there isn't really a distinction between homebrew and proper designing of games because I 100% agree with that sentiment. Um, if someone asked me the same question, I would be like, oh, yeah, I started out making custom uh, fighting style moves for... Uh, for a world of for new world of darkness, uh, making a bunch of things for that. Um, so yeah, definitely homebrew. I don't think there's really any delineation between homebrew and big publisher, big game design, whatever that would mean. If that was a different thing, yeah, cool, wow. I think I think there's a there's a stigma for some reason 
like home like some home brewers like D and D home brewers. They are like uh they resent the idea of selling their stuff. Uh, and they look at game designers and they're like, oh, you. Um, I I don't I don't know. I've heard a lot of discourse about this. Uh, best not to repeat it, but like, like if but the thing is like if people are willing, if you if you have a good idea, right? There's bound to be someone who's willing to buy it from you. Um, mm. But it's okay to put things up for free, but like don't 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 discourage people who are who are who are trying to who are trying to make some cash out of this because like it's used to you're still working for it. You know, you're still putting effort into the game. It takes yeah. it takes a lot of it takes a lot of like heart and stuff. So I think there is a important difference between telling people that it's okay to sell their stuff um, and trying to um and it's also okay to give it for free and then people like being like oh no i'm not gonna charge for this because this is just a hobby and it's like no you you, you're allowed to charge for stuff you do as a hobby people old ladies that knit stuff and sell it for charity like they do that as a hobby like that's their hobby but they're still charging people for knitted goods What's the difference between us and old ladies knitting knitting stuff? It has been an absolute joy to uh, chat with you. I really hope that uh, the Kickstarter goes well. I mean, you as of recording this, you're I think you're well over halfway to your funding mm-hmm. goal. I think we're, we're nineteen nineteen point six k or twenty six k. Yeah, uh-huh. in in less than two days. Damn. Yeah. It's been amazing. Um, and we're obviously going to talk to more uh, of mm-hmm. the people working on the Outshores Kickstarter. Um, where can people find your more from you online? You can find me on Itch. You can, uh, since, since you mentioned Instagram earlier, uh, go ahead and follow me on Sam on Instagram. Uh, con- a warning, I guess I'm a lot more unfiltered. You see more of my personal life there. Very little game design. If you're interested in that, uh, feel free to unfollow me if you... Uh, I post some of my art. Uh, I post some of my art stuff there as well. Uh, my other projects. Um, also find me mainly on Twitter and itch. Yeah. yeah, cool. And we'll have links to all of that uh, down below in the description um, of this episode or on our uh, website. Um, and of course, we will also have a link to the Kickstarter. Um, go and have a look at that. You really should be supporting uh, this Kickstarter. It's an opportunity to get three fantastic projects uh, and plus all of the smaller projects in the in the zine, which are also going to be amazing. Um, and I guess at the very least, it's a fantastic uh, list of people you should be paying attention to uh, in the game design community. So many fantastic designers uh, and game makers working on this project. I, I do want to say about Capitalize, I do want to clarify one thing. Um, mm, it course. says it's an Asian game uh, and the characters are portrayed as Asian, but I just want to say that if you're white, you can play the game. It's no problem. If you are, you can even have white characters in the game itself. Like, I, want, I want to say that Asian, it's Asian simply because I'm Asian. And the perspective I'm writing it from is, you know, inextricably Asian um, and has that attitude. Uh, but there's nothing stopping you from just taking your taking taking your real life if if you're white or black or anything, just taking your real life experiences and putting it in the game. Because I because like so far after playtesting internationally, 
the characters are actually turns out they're quite universal. So yeah, yeah, so I think yeah, I think that's a fantastic addition. Um, and I think that yeah, that that is worthwhile. Um, stating, I just want to thank you again so much for being on the show. Um. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, you can find more interviews um, by uh, us by clicking on the interview tag or the interview category um, down below. Um, we have, I think, over 40 interviews with game designers uh, now. Um, and we also do actual plays of solo games and multiplayer uh, role-playing games from time to time as well. Uh, so you can check all those out. Um, thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, good luck with the Kickstarter, uh, Sam. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Farewell from the past. I'm Ray. <laughs>